Welcome to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast. If you're like most of my listeners, you too wear many hats and you have a lot of demands on your time. It's difficult to juggle it all as a homeschool mom, and it's easy to be overwhelmed by everything you need to do. This show is not about finding the right curriculum or doing all the right things. It is about helping you focus on the best for your homeschool and your family. Let's dive in. Hey, welcome back to the All in the Homeschool Day podcast. I am excited about today's episode because we're going to talk about 10 creative ways that you can use virtual meetings in your homeschool. Sometimes this is necessary because we're in a situation where everything else has been shut down. But the reality is we should be using technology to our benefit as homeschoolers. I think it's just difficult sometimes for us to think about how we can use technology in this way. This is particularly helpful if you want to include family members such as grandparents who live out of state. It could also be helpful if you find it difficult to get together with others. So let's jump right into those 10 ways that you can use virtual meetings in your homeschool. And at the very end, I will tell you about some of the options that you can use. So the first one is that you can invite a grandparent to class. Public schools have a grandparents day. I remember when my grandparents came to my school, I was, I think, second or third grade. And I actually have the newspaper clipping. We ended up getting our picture taken um, for that year's grandparent day. So why not invite your grandparents to your homeschool. If you're, um, if the grandparents live in the same town and they're able to come over, then by all means, invite them over in person. But especially if grandparents live out of town or out of state, this is a great way to get them involved. Let them join in on one of your class periods and, and let them learn something along with you. Another option would be to host a book club. We're used to having book clubs in person, but virtual meetings are a great way to host book clubs, especially if you have friends that are all over the country. We have moved, we have friends who have moved, and so having a virtual book club allows us to connect with those friends in a way that we otherwise wouldn't be able to. You can also use virtual meetings to learn about a particular subject with friends who live in another state. For example, maybe you want to learn about the geography of a different place or about nature of a different place. You could get together with friends and you could go on a virtual geography walk or virtual nature study walk. And so they could show you around, like I could go out in my front yard and show a willow tree and um, a maple tree. We can talk about how incredibly awful the pear trees smell whenever they bloom. Unfortunately, I can't do a scratch and sniff virtual meeting, which would be nice. But I have a a friend who lives in South Texas who said, I have no idea what that smells like. And so I was trying to describe it to her. So I could take a friend in a different, who lives in a different place on a virtual nature walk with me. And they could do the same thing. 
Now, another way you could even enhance that is by sending a nature study kit ahead of time. We've participated in a nature study swap before where we sent an egg carton of items from our location, things that are kind of unique to us that we take for granted because we live here, but the other people don't know anything about. So for example, we're in Oklahoma and we did this with somebody in Arizona. And so what they sent us was fascinating and they had never seen some of the items that we had sent. So if you do that, you could then get on a call and you can talk about each of those items while the your, the other family is actually looking at them and holding them. Now, if you do do that, remember that you need to dispose of those items properly. And the best way to do that would be to burn them because you do not want to introduce something um, not native to your area that could potentially become an invasive species. So be sure that you're responsible if you uh, end up doing that. But that would be a great way for you to kind of get out and see something new without ever having to leave. Another option would be to practice a foreign language. Whether you know someone from another country or who lives in another country, or you use a service such as italki, and that's I-T-A-L-K-I, you can practice a foreign language. My daughter uses italki. We purchase inexpensive lessons from a native Spanish speaker, and so she has an opportunity to practice her Spanish, and they do that through a Skype call. You could, along those lines, take a class from somewhere. There are many options of whether it is learning an academic subject or a handicraft or um, some hobby that you want to learn. There are many options for online classes. And especially now, I think we're going to see those options pick up. Another way to get grandparents involved into your homeschool would be to create a living history of a grandparent or of an older friend from a church or that you know from some other place. Get them onto a virtual meeting. Use one that has the option to record the session and ask them questions. Record the conversation and then you could either transcribe them or you could put it together into a video format and share it with the rest of your family. We, my husband did that with his grandpa, and that has been a cherished resource for the entire family. My daughter is actually doing this with her grandma, and when she finishes it, she wants to do it for the rest of her grandparents as well. She actually started this process in person when she spent a week with grandma before um, all of this happened. She may need to continue that and fill out the last bit of questions that she has over a video uh, virtual meeting call. So that would be a great way to get the grandparents involved and it helps your children see a different side of their grandparent. My daughters have thoroughly enjoyed hearing all kinds of stories from their grandparents about what their life was like when they were children. Now, another way you could use virtual meetings is to watch science experiments demonstrations. Maybe you have a friend who is able to do some of those experiments at home. Maybe you find uh, some uh, video option that you can watch those. So this one's a little less of the meeting aspect, but it is the virtual um, 
a virtual option. But you, if you know someone who was able to do that, or if you were able to do that, and you could offer that as a way for families to experience the science experiments that they may not be able to do on their own, that would be an excellent option for you. The last three ways that you can use virtual meetings involve getting your children to share what they're learning with others. So you could have your child practice reading. If you have a child who's just learning to read or who's trying to build their fluency, you could get on a virtual meeting with a grandparent and have that child read to them from whatever book that they're currently reading. And... Uh, you could flip it around that whenever they've read some to the grandparent, maybe the grandparent will then read a book to them. Sometimes just taking mom out of the picture alleviates some of the stress for children because they don't feel the need to perform. So have them read to grandparents. You could also have a recitation or a public speaking night. So we've done recitation nights with friends before where we get together and all of the kids recite something. So before you or your children start getting stressed out about this, recitation is not memorization. I'll have link to a post about recitation for you. But recitation is reading beautifully to convey the idea that the author wants conveyed to the audience. So that could mean reading a poem. It could mean reading a very moving passage from a book. It could be reading a meaningful Bible verse. Now, oftentimes, children do memorize what they're reciting because they've spent so much time invested in practicing how to read it well that they have memorized it in the process. But memorization is not a requirement for recitation. So you could have your children prepare all month for a recitation and then call a grandparent or get a group of friends together and have a recitation time. Now, I will tell you that your children will be more hesitant to do a recitation night in this format than they would in person. It, in person, they always have a little bit of hesitation as when they're first getting started with this because they're not used to speaking in front of a crowd. And that is something that most adults struggle with. So it was something I really wanted to help my children overcome. So when we first started this, all of the children were has very hesitant. And over the years, they became so much more comfortable that they just got up and they read their piece and did their thing. And it was beautiful to watch them mature from simply reading it to actually reading it with feeling and trying to make it the best experience possible for the listener. When you add in a video aspect, it adds a whole new level of stress for them. My daughter, we did a, a public speaking course this past year, and even though she's comfortable speaking in front of people, turning that video camera on made her nervous. She overcame that, and it was a great experience for her, but just know that your children may have some hesitation with it. So it may be helpful to do this for the first time with grandparents where your children don't feel as um, hesitant and self-conscious. 
The last option is that you could have them narrate to a grandparent instead of narrating to you. And if you're not familiar with what narration is, I'll link to a post about narrations that you can learn how to implement that and uh, how to use that in your homeschool. But instead of having your children tell you what they learned or what they heard, you can have them do that for a grandparent. So that is 10 creative ways that you can use virtual meetings in your homeschool. And I want to give you seven options that I'm aware of that you can use um, to have a virtual meeting. If you're aware of a different platform that I have not mentioned, please feel free to send me an email or reach out on social media and let me know about it. I will have these linked in the show notes. And if I find out about another one, I will add that on. But the ones that I'm aware of right now are Zoom and Chime, FaceTime, Facebook Rooms, Instagram Rooms, Google Hangouts, and Skype. Some of those will allow you to record, some won't, some have time limits of how long their free plan will let you have a meeting and how many participants you can have. So you may need to check out and see which ones would be a good fit for you, depending on how much you intend to use this in your homeschool and how how you intend to use it. So how many people you'll need to have involved. And so there are some options there for you. I hope that this has started your creative juices flowing of how you could use virtual meetings in your homeschool. I encourage you to find a way to incorporate one of these ways into your week this week or next week. I know many of us are on summer break, and so this might be a great time if you or a grandparent or whomever you want to connect with has not used the virtual platforms to become familiar with it and learn how to do it, how to use it when you don't have the added stress of having to get the rest of your schoolwork done. So um, choose one that you could incorporate in the next couple of weeks and let us know how it goes. Post a picture on social media, on Instagram or Facebook, and tag me. I would love to share it with others to provide some inspiration. If you just want to send a picture to me personally, not to be uh, posted anywhere else, feel free to do that in an email and just say, hey, this is just for your eyes only. But I wanted to let you know how we've used virtual meetings in our homeschool. I am looking forward to the next episode where we will talk about different ways that you can schedule your homeschool year. I had a conversation recently with a mom when I was telling her about how I don't follow a traditional school schedule and I don't follow the typically prescribed three 12-week terms that most Charlotte Mason homeschools follow because I had to find what works well for my family. So I'll be sharing what we do, what I've done in the past, and uh, hopefully that will help you think through your coming school year and how you might plan it. If you've not left a review for the podcast, I'd really appreciate if you do that on iTunes. Until next time, have a triumphant day.